I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this next segment with some full disclosure. Uh, we're talking about age and ageism and competency. So, of course, we're talking about President Joe Biden. And I'm going to say this. Uh, I have to disclose this. Joe Biden is the same age as my mom. My mom, my mom passed away about 10 years ago. He and she and Joe Biden were the same age and they're from the same hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, which means that my mom and Joe Biden went to the same elementary school at the same time. Now, at you know, Joe Biden became the my Joe Biden became the senator from Delaware uh, and my mom became a housewife from Baltimore. So they didn't you know, they never stayed close or anything like that. And. It's one thing to say, you know, you and the president were classmates. It's another thing to say that you and the senator from Delaware were classmates. Nobody cared ever. But but I've always had a special place in my heart for Joe Biden. And I know that he's a flawed politician because they all are flawed politicians. All of them. Everybody. I don't care what what party you're affiliated with. I don't care what your priorities are. You find me a, a politician who is not flawed. And I'll sell you the rest of that bridge that you've been wanting to buy. Because, you know, they're all, they're all flawed. Joe Biden is 80 years of age. He is the oldest president ever elected. And two years into his first term, a term that had a complete one-party rule in D.C., both the House of Representatives, the Senate and the executive were all Democrats and the Biden administration got things done. A lot of people say they, you know, got the border opened and they blah, 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 blah. I could give you all the list of things Joe Biden got wrong. And you could probably help me out if you want to point out the things Joe Biden got wrong. But that's not that's not what we're talking about here. I could spend some time talking about all the things Joe Biden accomplished during his first two years of his administration, because now that the House of representatives is controlled by Republicans. They're going to focus on, you know, the important things for the American people in in the day-to-day life of Americans. Things like, is Hunter Biden a crackhead? Did Hunter Biden have a job he wasn't qualified for? That kind of stuff. Really difficult questions. Yeah, the kitchen table issues we all care about. You know, did the FBI target conservatives? Did Twitter hide the laptop story? All the things that we really care about, you know? Anyway, I don't mean to be getting partisan. I'm not trying to be divisive. I'm trying to find a place where we can all be in agreement. And when I uh, when we went to commercial, I said, and I mean this and I stand by it, if Joe Biden were applying for a driver's license, we would make him take certain tests to make sure he was still a safe driver. You know, the vision test, remembering where the key goes, which pedal means go, which pedal means stop. Shouldn't we have... Not the same requirements, but some requirements for those seeking elected office. I bring this up because former South Carolina governor and former U.N. secretary Nikki Haley announced this week that she is running for president of the United States in 2024. She threw her hat into the ring. And I think she's an amazing woman of incredible accomplishments. She's the, she was the first, I believe she's of Indian descent, if I'm not mistaken, to, uh, 
to win a governorship, if I'm not mistaken, in this country. She was a groundbreak glass ceiling breaker long before Kamala Harris was the vice president. You know, there's we've had so many accomplishments in our lifetime for women in this country. And I, I take great pride in that. I take great pride in being someone who is, you know, the father of two daughters and a married gentleman. Um, I am all for equality, equity, equal opportunity in both career and education for the women of America. I think it's fantastic. I think if Nikki Haley runs a smart campaign, comes out with issues and positions on these issues that, that are, you know, common sense solutions to the problems we all face, I don't. there's no reason I wouldn't vote for Nikki Haley if she proves herself as a candidate to be somebody who addresses the things that matter and doesn't start playing gotcha politics or culture war politics. We'll see if that what, what that uh, how that plays out. But Nikki Haley mentioned during her her announcement, her launch for her campaign for the presidency. She feels that politicians over 75 years of age should be required to take mental competency tests. You know, she was, of course, trying to run down President Biden and his age and his and often, also a often potential, skills. potential dig at her competitor, Donald, potential competitor in Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't, I I wasn't going to let that go by. He's getting him. up in years, too. Well, he's, he'll be, I'm not sure how old President Trump is. I looked up Biden. I had to look up Biden. I knew he was in his 80s. Now he's, he's just 80. He would be 82 if he wins re-election, President Biden would. And he's already the oldest president in American history. Can you imagine President Biden in six years? Because to be honest with you, I really can't. And I'm a fan. I've, I've mentioned before, you know, I was born and raised in Maryland. Delaware is our neighbor state. I like Delaware. I like a lot of things that happen in Delaware, like a lot of the policies and tax policies that go on in Delaware. But uh, former President Trump is 76. If he becomes the, the Republican nominee, and runs and wins in 2024, he will be 78, the same year Biden is right now. For all you folks that are saying he's far too old to govern. President Trump, former President Trump, if he were to win the office again, would be exactly where President Biden is today. He'd be 78 at his inauguration in January of 2025. He'd be 82 years into his term as President Biden is right now. And I'm not... I'm not here to run down former President Trump, but a lot of people say he reads at a fifth grade level. He speaks at a fifth grade level. His conversational style, when it's not being written down for him, he's reading from a teleprompter, when he just speaks. Many people have evaluated that speech and say he communicates at a fifth grade level. Now, I know President Biden is no spring chicken and a Ghost of his former self, by a lot of people's account. There are moments of fatigue and mental lapse in President Biden that genuinely worry me. The same can be said for Donald Trump. Moments of fatigue and mental lapse that genuinely worry me. And I would argue, and it's very partisan in my opinion, that in their prime, 
Joe Biden and Donald Trump, I'd, if I was running a debate team, I'd take Biden. You know, if I was trying to figure out a way to get something built without going through the regular processes and get loans I probably wasn't qualified for, I'd pick Trump. But I'm not the kind of guy that wants to run through a process that's outside the confines of legal. Anyway, I'm talking about being qualified for the office and holding our politicians to certain standards. Because I don't think Nikki Haley went far enough with this whole mental cognizance testing for politicians. I think anybody who wants to run for public office and work in the government should have to prove their qualifications because I can point out quite a few representatives, both present and in the past, who I don't think were qualified at all to be in public service. I think you should have to have some schoolhouse rock level knowledge of the American governing system in order to be a part of the American governing system. You know, how many branches of government are there? How's a bill become a law? How many people serve in the House of Representatives? You know, these are some stuff people ought to know before they sign up to take a job to work for the government and get things done for you and me. It's supposed to make our lives better. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to have part of the vetting process, the primary process, not just debates where you can get off zingy one-liners and sound bites. So you want another process in this process where people can claim it's rigged and start conspiracy theories. Awesome. <laughs> well, how about a game show? How about a game show format for our contestants? Put them on Jeopardy? Uh, yes. Yes. A Jeopardy-like situation where they have to answer basic questions about the U.S. government. Our history, policies, what the current situation of current affairs is based on fact. You know, they should have to answer a, you know, I remember when I was when I was a young guy, there was a show called in Baltimore, a local game show. It's probably one similar here in the great Northwest. It was called It's Academic, right? It was like a debate show where high school teams would get on and compete against other high school teams on general knowledge. Science, history, math, civics, current events. Wouldn't you like to see the the seven candidates for president for the Republican Party? Instead of being on a stage, name calling, talking about, you know, genitalia size or hand size or whatever else they're talking about. Wouldn't you like to see them actually have to answer questions about who we are, how we got here, what problems we face? how they would solve those problems. I think that would show us who's qualified and who's not. It seems like now it's, it's more of a contest of charisma. It's more of a contest of photogenic camera friendly than it is a contest of who's best prepared to take on their awesome responsibilities of leading our nation. Cause I got to tell you, I don't know that Joe Biden could hold up. At 80, at 82, if he's, if he's seeking and wins the office again, I love Joe Biden. I'm not certain that he's still enough there to move forward. And I, I don't, I'm not saying he's not. I've heard it put forth that he's not many, many, many times on many media outlets. People make these armchair psychiatrists or psychologists or, you know, cognizant ologists 
about President Biden's ability to do the job. And, okay, if you're qualified, great. If you've got a competent, researched, vetted analysis, then great. I'll listen to it. I'm not so partisan that I can't listen to criticism about the guy. I don't take, you know, false criticism with much gravity. But I'd like to know our our leaders are qualified. So I think Nikki Haley might be on to something with giving these folks mental cognitive tests. What did President Trump say? TV, man, woman, dog, horse. What were the five words they made him memorize? He was so proud of how well he did on that test of mental cognizance. You know, I don't remember the five words, but Trump is sure proud that he passed the test. You know, I'm sure that was there a coloring portion of the of the, of the examination. Good on you. If you passed a mental equ- evaluation, you know, evaluation, equivalency, whatever test, good on you. Not saying I could pass it, but I'm not again, I'm not asking for the nuclear launch codes. I'm not asking to be the guy who sends troops into wherever. I think the guy or lady who is seeking that job, who will have the nuclear launch codes, who will decide what becomes law or doesn't become law in this country, because the president still does decide that it's the legislative branch's responsibility to make laws, but the veto allows the president pretty much, unless you've got a veto-proof majority, the president decides what becomes laws in this country. I know that much about the government. I wonder if there's a few members of the House representatives that probably don't know that much about this country and its governing system and how it works, how it's supposed to work. Is that insulting to President Biden? To ask that he demonstrate his mental acuity, his ability to perform the job he's running for? I think it's insulting. I think it's insulting to the American people to assume that we don't need to know. I think it's just as insulting to the American people to assume that we don't need to know your financial history if you're running for public office. If you got your money shadily from uh, Ukraine or China, President Biden, if, that, if any, of that, any of those accusations are true, we as the American people right, have the right to know that. If former President Trump is indeed indebted to Russian oligarchs to the tune of billions of dollars, we deserve to know that too. You know, just refusing to, with, to, to give up your financial history, your financial records, your tax records to the American people so they can know who you might be indebted to? I think we deserve to know. Both ways. All this talk about Hunter Biden and what kind of jobs he had and did he kick it up to the old man? Did he get his old man his 10%? All these accusations being hurled against President Biden. The whole reason behind the House Oversight Committee's, you know, their commission into whatever they're looking into Hey, great. If there's some dirty laundry going around, let's air it out. Let's find out before we let these guys run again. Let's find out both ways. If either of them are qualified or, you know, financially or mentally acuity qualified to hold this office. This office where you can actually use American policy to benefit other countries, countries you may owe millions of dollars to. That's a dangerous place to put this country. If we're not allowed to know where you stand with these folks in the in the on the world stage of of wealth and debt. And I'd like to know that you understand how cottage cheese is made, where it comes from, and 
what part of your body it goes into. You know, because a lot of these guys, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on, on, their, on some of their days. If they're really, you know, allowed to use a, sh- a fork with four sharp points at the end. I worry. I worry sometimes. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. Won't you rain on me tonight? Oh, live. Oh, live. Woo! I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. What are we listening to? This is Green Day. Is it? I couldn't place it. Could not place this. Free ride. Won't you take me close to This is from which album? Let me see here. Oh, 2012. Wow. Ten years old. Almost had a Joe Walsh, almost like in the city kind of vibe to that guitar yeah, riff, right? definitely. That's yeah. really nice. Matt Butler, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you, you do a great job, man. I really appreciate you being a part of this. My pleasure. You know, I was talking about last break about the ability of our elected officials to do the job they seek, to ask for our vote our faith in them to do the job at hand and to follow the oath of office that they that they take when they get the selected position. And Nikki Haley announced this week that she is a candidate for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. Donald Trump already announced his intent. He threw his hat in the ring or his hairpiece in the ring. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Too easy. Table, chair, joke. Boom. Uh, Ron DeSantis has been, you know, Lots of talk about his desire to seek the highest office in the land. Lots of other candidates have have made themselves uh, made their intentions known. From Mike Pompeo to Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, uh, scheduling events in Iowa now. So Tim Scott, of course, Republican from South Carolina. Um, there's going to be a field in the Republican Party. Because, you know, even Nikki Haley, who worked for Donald Trump as U.N. secretary, has said it's time for new leadership in the Republican Party. Not the kind of thing you say when, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. When when uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the newly elected governor of Arkansas, gave the Republican rebuttal to President Biden's State of the Union address. She talked about a new age of leadership. In the Republican Party, when she mentioned going with the former president overseas on Christmas Eve to visit troops in the Middle East and how thrilled those troops were to see the president. Never mentioned the Trump name once in that entire rebuttal. 
And I don't know what her political ambitions are. I have no idea. I don't think she considers herself a presidential candidate or of president, maybe someday down the road, but not, you know, a month after her first ever electoral win. The point being, there's going to be a lot of people seeking the highest office. Might not be the case in the Democratic side. You don't run against an incumbent president in your own party. It, I mean, it, it has been done, I'm sure. It's rarer than rare. I know there was talk of Gavin Newsom of California, Governor of California. Some political presidential ambitions for him. We'll see where it plays out. But I genuinely think that the folks uh, and, and someone wrote in the text on eight 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 nine seven three five four seven six that those who seek public public office often do it for the wrong reasons. You know, and and you could make the argument that that's true. You could give many examples where it's not. Matt, I think you had a, a wonderful response to that text. You're saying you've met more than your fair share of politicians. Most of those folks who get and seek public office do so with the genuine intent. Right. A public it's usually, service. It's usually something where from a young age they wanted to do something that made a difference, either some sort of activism, some sort of issue they cared deeply about. Yeah. And whether they were left or right or somewhere in between, it did start early as a passion where they wanted to see things better in their country. You know, and I don't, I don't want to get too partisan-ish, but there are young uh, – because there, there are young politicians, young representatives of both parties – who really seem to want to serve. You know, the, the kid, is it Max Frost from Florida? From Florida, yes. that's the guy. And he's 23 or 25 now. I, I forget, but he's the youngest ever representative. Yeah. Genuinely cares. Kid comes to, you know, I've, I've seen numerous, I've watched a lot of these hearings, these oversight hearings, these, you know, weaponization of government hearings, just to see if it's really folks seeking to, Find out what happened, better the systems, better the better the service of government to us, the voter. Or if it's just, you know, propaganda, if it's just, you know, getting at your sound bites, getting getting yourself on Newsmax, AON, or OAN, or whatever the hell they call that, or Fox, or, or MSNBC, or whatever channel. Are you just campaigning up there, or are you really seeking solutions, answers to problems, ways to make American life better? And you you find examples from both camps in both directions. A lot of folks are up there just posing, blatting out their sound bites. A lot of folks up there really trying to figure out what's best for this country. This kid Max Frost looks like he really he ran because he cares. And I'm sure there are examples, like I said, from both parties of public servants who genuinely care, who really want to serve the country, do the job that we elect them to do. A texter pointed out, and I think this is probably the rightest thing, and I don't know who wouldn't agree with this. We've got to get the money out of politics. You know, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of term limits. We have them. They're called elections. Yes, was, if people would show yeah, up and vote, yeah, I, ex- ex- exactly the term right. limits would exist because the people they didn't want in would get voted out. But that, be, but that being said, there are politicians who make far too much money in politics. You know, they they just had was it uh, Josh Hawley, brilliantly called it the Pelosi bill, the Pelosi Act, right about about prohibiting elected members of of Congress from earning money, making stock trades, 
on the knowledge they get from being in government. You know, and they called it the Pelosi Act. They found a way to – I forget what the Pelosi Act stands for. Turn it into some sort of acronym. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they literally – it's like, you know – Politicians eliminated a law you know, of, of security, you know, in, in information. Well, first of all, you, there's a burden of proof there. You have to prove that because, as I've always said, when you are in connected circles, you have access to the best advisors that can make those decisions for you. You don't sit there managing your stock portfolio. So you have to prove, first of all, that there's in some sort of insider trading going on because the burden of proof for that sort of unethical conduct is the same as should be for any other human being on the exactly right but the, pr- the problem is we never seem to go after some politicians have been brought down for insider trading let's not be some have but many aren't you know the pelosi act stands for preventing elected leaders from owning securities and investments it's a funny ass acronym and a genius bit of writing on josh hawley's part i i give him credit where credit is due but i forget who it was that um I know it was uh, Kelly Loeffler, the senator from from Georgia who lost in 2020, and a couple other um, big-name established members of Congress who got the briefing, like, on the coronavirus, and the next day there were four different elected members. I, I, I apologize for not being able to grab their names off the top of my head. <laughs> Good call on the money for nothing. These people unloaded boatloads of stock. The day before, the public was in, was informed about closures that were going to come from a government level due to the coronavirus. They were able to invest all their money in like PPE and medical equipment the day before the public when they got information that the public wasn't not yet privy to. That kind of stuff does happen. It should be people who make money, or, or excuse me, it should be people elected office who really want to do the job they're elected to, not who get in there just to get rich. Or just to get famous. Now it seems we have people running for office. So all they want to do is get on TV. You know, George Santos has told, has confessed to folks. I know he's a he's a terrible example for anything related to politics. He just wanted to get in Congress for one term to get that lifetime pension and that lifetime insurance plan. But their cult still votes for them because there's the right letter behind their name. And you know, sad but true moments. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. There's lots more to talk about besides politics, but it's such a big issue. We really, I thought it would deserve a little bit of our time. But we'll be right back after these. Hope you'll stick with us. You know, term limits and competency of our elected officials. And we're talking on both sides of the aisle. We're talking about President Biden being the oldest uh, ever elected president, being 80 years old today, 82 if he runs again, seeking a second term. And that Donald Trump is not that much far behind. If Trump uh, seeks and wins the nomination and presidency in 2024, he'll be exactly the same age, 78, as President Biden was at the start of his term in 2000. 
So as we're saying right now, Biden seems to be losing his marbles and too old to do the job. Trump would be in the exact same boat. And folks are weighing in on what, you know, if we had term limits, lobbyists would run everything. I'd love to hear the, the, the argument behind that. But I think right now lobbyists already control everything. You know, folks, getting folks elected is the biggest business in Washington, not taking care of the American people's problems, not figuring out, you know, how much of our taxes are they going to take and where are those dollars going to go, whether it be to bridges and roads, you know, uh, whether it be to, you know, bombs and bullets here or abroad, whether it be to education or whatever, you know, they're not worried about that. They're worried about getting reelected. There's so much money in politics that say, you know, folks have to run for re-election constantly. That's all they do is run for re-election. So, you know, I don't know if the answer is term limits. I don't know if the answer is shutting politicians off from the ability to use information to their financial benefit, that their holdings all ought to be placed in a trust as presidents have done Every year until former President Trump decided he wasn't going to do that, was going to issue all the uh, the norms of governance. So I don't know what the answer is. I know that there's far too, our election seasons are far too long and that we we let them run for office and and seek donors far too long. Somebody asked me, uh, what's the status on George Santos? What's the latest on George Santos? Well, he took his team to a Super Bowl win. <laughs> and and he broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record in the same week. What a week he's having, that freshman centered from New York's third. Um, actually, the latest is that um, the storm clouds are gathering for George Santos. The, uh, the FCC is telling him to stop fundraising he was already fundraising for 2024 he's not been allowed to fundraise for the past two weeks who gives money to george santos for 2024 okay this guy whether he survives or not is is yet to be seen you know speaker of the house kevin mccarthy says there will be an ethics invest investigation of george santos there's questions about his campaign financing situation of the campaign that he just ran and won. You know, he, if you don't know who George Santos says, I'm, first off, I'm glad you're out of your coma. Welcome back. We've missed you. George Santos is a guy who lied about, didn't just embellish his resume, lied about everything about his life to get elected. The New York Republican Party won him out. House Democrats won him out. And now it seems that House Republicans are doing what they have to do to make sure that he doesn't seek re-election because he's being painted as the face of the Republican Party, which isn't fair. There are problem politicians on both sides of the aisle, and there are quality public servants in the Republican Party. There are good Republicans. I, I firmly believe that. I think the, the, the tail is wagging the dog right now, and extremists have control of the party. A lot of people say that's true about the left as well. But the Republicans are not going to let George Santos be hung around their neck like an albatross for much longer. I genuinely think his days at Faber are numbered, to quote the great Dean Vernon Wormer. Remember Faber's motto, knowledge is good. Faber College.
Ask for it by name. So that's uh, somebody asked for the latest on George Santos. He he spent yesterday barricaded in his office, hiding from constituents. That's a good sign for new elected freshman representative to Congress, huh? Yeah. Who knows what the answer is? I just know that the system we've got right now currently is just being kicked around. Campaign finance reform would be a start. It really would. You're right. It really would. Also, if more people would actually show up and vote, Mm -hmm. if more people at the grassroots level got involved with the platform of their preferred party. Well, um, well, well, careful what you wish for there, because it has been a successful strategy of the Republican Party to get folks involved. Well, it's at the grassroots level, like, for example, school boards. Even if I hate the policy, it's absolutely it is. It is right. But you've also got now extremists taking over school boards. From a political perspective, to say what books can and can't be read in school, what classes can and can't be taught in school, what facts can and can be taught in schools. So, and that's the thing: you got to have a long ground game. You got to have grassroots on the ground, entry level politicians who care about the. And these folks, I disagree with them, with with some of the folks who want to ban certain books or ban certain curriculum from school. But you got to admire the fact that they're getting in there and getting the work done. They're getting involved. They're running for these offices in, in you know, entry-level local politics. Well, we get the government that we deserve. That's true. And if you look <laughs> at some of the population today, you can kind of understand how we ended up where we are. I, I've often, you, you, I could agree with you more. I've often said we are a true representative democracy. And some of you districts are, must be populated with morons. It's Cairo Knights.